Welcome to The Lavender Lifestyle, the podcast on lifestyle design for millennials. I'm Eileen, and I'm here to guide you to become a master artist of life. Every Sunday, you'll get new insight and inspiration on how to create your dream life. After the episode, the conversation continues in our Lavender Lifestyle Facebook group, so I can't wait to see you there. Life is an art. Make it your masterpiece. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Lavender Lifestyle. It's Eileen, your host. I have another special guest for you today. His name is Jason Zook. So Jason Zook is best known for being the guy that made over a million dollars wearing t-shirts for a living. Yes, you heard that right. And also selling his last name twice. He currently focuses on selling his future at buyourfuture.com and writes an action-packed newsletter every Monday for the Action Army. Hi, Jason. Hello, Eileen. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I am so excited to dive deep into your story. I know there's like a surface level story (laughs) that everyone has to know first, and then there's something deeper, right? So I guess, you know, just for the listeners out there who have no idea who you are, can you share how your journey began? Sure, yeah. I I like to think that like the state of where YouTube is now, um, I was on it in 2008 when it was like me, I, Justine, and like 12 other people. Uh, mm-hmm. So I was, I was vlogging, if you will, before that was a thing. And so for five wow. years, I had this business called IWearYourShirt.com and I recorded over 1,600 YouTube videos, but every, every video had a sponsored t-shirt that I wore. So I looked at it as an opportunity not to just record my life, but to build a business. And that's what I did. So I created this I Wear Your Shirt business that uh, did fairly well. Like you said, uh, in my little bio there, it made over a million dollars, which was awesome. But I also found out that I was not a good business owner. I had no clue what I was doing. Um, I wasn't managing money well. I hired up to eight people because I thought that was what I was supposed to do. And I kept trying to grow and scale my business. And I learned a lot of really good and valuable lessons. And I, I actually met, I mean, just an amazing amount of companies too through that business as well. But it's really interesting for me to now look, you know, I stopped in 2013 and we're years after that. And, and being a YouTuber now is such a normal thing. Having a vlog is like something everyone does. And I'm like, hey guys, where were you in 2009 when there was like no one <laughs> doing it? And it's funny because I, I, back in that day, like no one cared about subscribers. Like that wasn't the thing that you pushed because it wasn't like a really well-built system within YouTube. So I think about those things all the time, especially when I talk to someone like yourself who just hit an awesome milestone, by the way, congrats on your 200,000 subscribers. And it's just really fun. So yeah, that was really the beginning of my journey. And then since then I've, I've written a book. I now have a second book coming out. I've built a bunch of software products and I just do a lot of writing and I create a lot of different things and just all around entrepreneurial stuff. Yeah, I I love it because you do so much. But I guess, yeah, over that many years, you can get a lot done. I want to go back because, I mean, the first idea, the IWearYourShirt.com, first of all, there's there's some good lessons there because in your story on your website, I know like you had a job and you didn't feel fulfilled and you did something really unconventional. And I think, I mean, there's, there's a lot of lessons there that like you just have to be creative. And if you want something, just ask for it. Like you literally worked with a different sponsor every day for how many years like that's crazy yeah you know i worked with like a couple top fortune 20 companies so we're talking about like pizza hut and you know these huge brands that everybody knows about and i was just a guy who lived in florida who went into my closet one day and thought this would be a good idea like i was not famous i did not have any social media accounts when i started this and and i do love telling that part of the story because it really just does go to show you that you can start from anywhere i mean you can literally do any of this anyone can do it you don't have to be special you don't have to 
do anything other than just have the perseverance and drive. And now, yeah, there's some innate talent that I think that a lot of folks don't have, but you can also, you can learn that. That, that can be a skill that you hone. I mean, if you guys want to go back, search I Wear Your Shirt on YouTube, watch one of my first couple videos, you will die of uncomfortability. I refuse to even <laughs> watch them. They're that bad. And maybe you know that about your first videos too. Yeah. But it's all of all of that. Every aspect, any business you have, no matter what it is, the beginning of your work is ugly. It's not good, mm -hmm. but you just have to start and you have to get going. And and I really was glad that I was, I think, just too naive to care in the beginning. And yeah. that led me in a really good direction to to just jump into this head first and not worry about all the what ifs and the self doubts and all that stuff. And that was like back then when YouTube wasn't a big thing, like you didn't really know what you're getting yourself into. So I think there's some good in that, right? Yeah. Well, and I think that it's it's interesting in, in any place where you go that there's a built-in audience, right? And, and you know, mm -hmm. arguably YouTube is phenomenally bigger than it was back then, but it was still big back then. I mean, I, I averaged somewhere between like 10 and 20,000 views a video at the end of the first year mm -hmm. of doing this. And that blew my mind. Yeah. You know, I never saw that yeah. type of thing happening. And, you know, now you look at obviously Casey Neistat is the first one that comes to mind for everybody. And, you know, he's right. averaging over a million more than that, probably uh, on his videos, every single video. And I and it does, crazy. I think, yeah, I think it gives people a little bit of maybe concern of like, oh, I don't want this many people to see you, but you really have to earn that. Like that takes yeah. quite a long time to earn. So don't be afraid of that, but also know that the opportunity is there now where it was a little bit harder a couple of years ago. You know, it's a much more mainstream mm -hmm. thing. Now. Right. So I, I want to talk about failure in your journey because you failed a few times and yet you're still going. You're still working on stuff. So let's talk about that. Like, what, what do you think was the biggest mistake that you've made with I Wear Your Shirt? What did you learn from those failures in the beginning? Yeah. Well, first, I'll be the like most honest person when it comes to failure and say that it was it was almost crippling when it happened for me. Like when I finally shut down that business in 2013, I was just, I was so upset. I was so stressed out. I was really unhealthy. Uh, I was $100,000 in debt. I mean, I just really, really, really was bummed about all of it. And I think where a lot of people would just go to say, yeah, failure made me stronger. I had to learn from it. I mean, I had to figure out how to get through all that crap first. Right. And and that was really tough. And, and that took a lot of like, uh, my wife now, who was my girlfriend at the time, you know, she actually worked for me in that business. And we had a lot of long conversations about, you know, what are we going to do next? Like, let's not just dwell on where we are. Let's figure out a way to get out of it. And for me, one thing that was really helpful in that time, and I'll definitely get to like the specific things that caused this failure, but mm -hmm. um, I do want to say finding someone that you can talk to who has had failures, who has built things, and is not just a friend or a family member, because while those people are great and they're super supportive, they're not gonna actually help you get out of the situation that you're in because they don't know how to get out of it. They've never experienced exactly. that. And that was really helpful. So as actually a woman by the name of Pam Slim, uh, who wrote a book, uh, what, now I can't even remember the name of her book. Uh, the Body of Work is the name of her book that um, okay. I actually talked to her, but that book was really helpful for me in just kind of getting out of that, that place. But yeah, to answer your question, I mean, I think the biggest failure for me was trying to keep up with everybody else, right? So trying to scale my business, trying to have employees, trying to make more money, just all of the more, 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 all that's the culture that we live in. And in doing that, I didn't realize, like, do I actually want more? Do I want more customers? Right. Do I want more? You know, it, there comes a certain point and it's a really like maybe cliche thing to say, but when you have too many people emailing you every day or too many people contacting you, it's almost impossible to keep up with. And that really, it, it doesn't feel good to me. Like, I don't want to be yeah. to the point of, I can't respond to every email. I can't respond to every tweet. Like, I like doing that. That brings me extreme value. And 
And so, yeah, that, that big failure for me was just trying to grow without knowing what I was doing and also not having a very sustainable business. Like the business model that I had created, it hinged on me every single day, filming and editing a video, hosting a live video show, taking photos, being on social media, answering all the sales emails, managing people. And then, <laughs> oh, hey, you have to, work. yeah, you got to pay taxes. Yeah. You have to pay bills. Like yeah. all oh, of gosh. that stuff. Yeah. So it's just, you know, it, it is a lot of things that kind of culminate, but I will then come back to now that I've explained all that. I'm so glad that it happened because it's led me to where I am. I've learned from all of those experiences. I won't repeat them. And I, if I didn't learn from them, I would probably do them 10 times worse nowadays. So I'm glad that I had those failures early on. And can you go into detail about like what you learned about how to get out of that failure place? Yeah, well, let's go with like the, the big, the elephant in the room, which I think a lot of people dealing with. And I would imagine a lot of your listeners have this and maybe you've dealt with it, but it's debt. And I was unfortunately in a hundred thousand dollars in debt, and that was that was mostly business debt. Um, you know, some of it was like my wife's student loans, and, and we had a car and other yeah. things, but most of that was business debt. And you know, I what I really had to understand was I didn't get into this debt overnight, so I'm not going to get out of this debt overnight. And and I think that that's like a, a really important thing that hit me one day when we were talking about this. At one point, I said, "Okay, great." I now understand that. That is something I, I can wrap my head around. Now, how do I get out of it? You know, what's the plan to do that? And so what we did is we, we basically wrote out a, a plan for all the credit cards that we had that were maxed out and what the payments were gonna be over the course of the next six to 12 months. Um, we also listed out all of our expenses that we currently had in our household. And we broke down every single thing. And people don't do that. And I don't know if you've ever done that, but it's really eye-opening. Yeah. When you go month to month and you list every single thing out, you start to realize like, oh, wait a second. I can actually like chip away at a lot of this stuff. I could get rid of a lot of these things. Uh, you know, yeah. one big one for me was like my cell phone bill. I had just, be, I'd just been renewing my plan like every year or two whenever my contract was up. I just walked into the AT&T store one day and was like, is this the best plan you have for me? I think I've been on the same one for years. They're like, no, we have a way better one. It's actually half the cost. That saved me yeah. like $4,000 a year, which is wow. crazy to think about. But we just don't think about those things because they, they just don't add up. So yeah, that getting out of debt plan was probably the biggest thing. And really the, the kind of crux of what made that that happen in that work were two things. One was spending less money. So going through all the expenses and cutting back. And two was making more money. And it sounds easy to say that, but I really had to shift my mindset from, okay, I want to make more money, but I want to do it in a way that's sustainable or that is something that I can actually control that's very low cost to do. Um, and yeah. so that's how I started to get into like the digital product world and even creating uh, small pieces of software. Um, those were things that started to help me really get out of out of that debt and to build a more sustainable business and life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's really about being aware of where your money's going. I guess everyone out there, I'd recommend you like, yeah, look into the details. And then once you bring awareness into it, you'll realize like what you can improve. Yeah, also like just being smart like stepping back and strategizing. I, I like to do that with my life, not necessarily my finances as much, but I should do that. And you know, like after this, I'm, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, would, I, would, I would so just say that we don't learn this stuff. Like we're not taught this at any point in our lives. I mean, we're lucky if our parents teach it to us or, you know, no one wants to take those accounting classes or those finance classes or any of those <laughs> things. So 
and then when it starts to kind of wrap into your own business, like your own thing that you're creating, well, there's definitely not a, a class that you take for that. You have to figure it out because it's very unique to you. So the simplest version of that is really just, I Google spreadsheets are my best friend, which sucks because I don't like spreadsheets, <laughs> but it's just to list all that stuff out, You know, really list out your projections of how much you think you're gonna be making, and then look to make sure that your lifestyle matches up to your business income and then reflect on that. You know, every six months or so, yeah. um, I know that you reflect on your goals and the things that you write down on, which is so important. But I think it's also important to check in on your finances, your projections, you know, what you totally. want to be doing. And, and then you can just have that gut check of, oh, you know what? I think I need to save a little bit more money. Maybe I'm spending too much or, hey, I'm, I'm making more money than I thought I was. Like, maybe I should be saving this or investing it or, or doing something else with this money, giving it back, uh, you know, to someone else who might need it there's some other things that you kind of come to as well when you start kind of looking through all that mm -hmm. stuff. Yeah, totally. So now that you're, you know, out of that debt, out of all of that stuff, what are you working on now? What's exciting to you now? Yeah, the well, the most exciting one is, as you said at the beginning, is this Buy Our Future project. So mm -hmm. my wife and I are both just consummate creators. We have built uh, in total, I think, 17 online courses together, not actually together, but combined between the two of us. I have a couple software applications, I think five of them now, and we have a bunch of like books and guides and other things. And what kind of brought this idea to me in 2015 was I have all of this stuff. It's a lot of work to sell all this stuff. Like I wish I could just sell one thing and everyone could get all this value in one place. And so it was originally by my future and it was just me and you spent $1,000 and that got you access to everything. And the value was like $6,000 in stuff, but you got it for 1,000. And then the hook was, you're also gonna get everything I create for the rest of my life and never pay me another dollar. So it was kind of like your, your one-time entrance fee and then you never have to buy another ticket. You know, your hand is stamped, yeah. you come back as many times as you that's want. That's a great deal. Yeah, that, well that's, and <laughs> yeah. it's awesome because I had no idea if anybody would buy and the first time I launched mm -hmm. it, 178 people bought. Nice. Which was yeah. just, I mean, talk about like validation of a crazy idea. So yeah, fast forward yeah. to now two years later, my wife and I have, have combined forces. So we have Buy Our Future and she's really the like, soulful, creative, you know, really thoughtful part of the two of us. And I'm the practical, like get your shit done, get things done, like take action. <laughs> yeah. And so it's a really nice mesh. And then again, it's the two of us. So you kind of get double the brain power and we've got this awesome community that's growing. And yeah, so that's the thing I'm, I'm really excited about. There's a lot of little products within their software and courses and things that are really nice and they touch on very specialized things, but the whole overarching encompassing project is, is really exciting for us. Yeah, no, I checked out the website. You got there's so much like valuable content and products there. I'm curious, do you to make everything or do you have a team of like designers and coders to do this for you? We have no team. <laughs> so Wow. Yeah, you build I, everything yourself. I have a little bit of like PTSD from having a team when I had the <laughs> I reassure people. Right. Uh, so, I, you know, I had to let go of seven people, one of which was my girlfriend now wife, and that was difficult, mm -hmm. you know, to tell her like yeah. You can't rely on me anymore. That really hurt me and stuck with me for years. Yeah. And so now, you know, I, I like to think about it as outsourcing my weaknesses. So I'm not a developer, so I'm not ever going to write code. But what I'll do is I'll get someone that I know or a friend or whatever to, to build something for me. And then, you know, either I partner with them and they become the developer going forward. But it's never like they're working for me. You know, they're either working with mm -hmm. me yeah. or it's like a one-time transaction and then we both move forward. Okay. 
makes sense. But yeah, I'm a designer by uh, degree in college too long ago. Uh, my wife also has kind of become a designer. She didn't even do design work up until a couple of years ago. But yeah, we do all of our own design and, and we kind of architect everything out. And she does have an assistant who helps with um, a lot of the tasks that uh, she shouldn't be doing because she's way more creative and needs to spend her energy there. But I like a lot of those administration customer support tasks. Like any anybody who buys anything from me, if they need help with the course or software, I'm the customer support which tends to wow. kind of blow their mind, but I like that. I mean, that's cool <laughs> to me. When do you ever hear from the founder of a company anymore? Exactly. So yeah, I really love doing those things and and I like being a company of just myself and, and my wife as well, so yeah. it, it makes it fun. What's really cool about the two of you is like you, you've you been there, you've had the team and now you, you know what you want. And so it's like, you don't have to grow so big. Like if you want to be the person that's building it and customer service, you can do that. I, I love that. Yeah, I like to think about it just in this idea of like enough, right? Like it's so mm -hmm. many people want more and so many people want growth. And sure, I want my business to grow and I, I want to make more money, but not to a point of where I have to hire more people, you know? And I realized that, that, you know, I'm very transparent with numbers. So, you know, we bring in about 300,000 in revenue every year. And sure, I could easily triple that by hiring more people, by putting out more content, by doing those things. But guess what? All of that is added stress. And I live a fantastic life these days because most of my life is very minimal. Like I don't buy many things. Yeah. I don't have much stuff. You know, the bulk of money that we spend is on travel and vacations now. And that's really just because we've worked our way out of all this debt and now we can actually afford to spend money on things. And mm -hmm. and I, I love it. Like to me, it's it's finding this place where it is enough and I don't have to keep focusing on growth and more. And instead I can focus on value and how can I really yeah. create products that are really valuable and helpful to people and make them better at what they do. And that becomes easy when I don't have to worry about money as much. I mean, I still have to worry about money. We all do at some point, but it just has become easier for me to not have to go, well, I've got you know, $10,000 going out the door in salaries for other people, I got to hustle to make more money. It's like, no, the, the only salary I have to pay is myself. And that's easy mm -hmm. because I can just take as much money as I need, depending on where we are in our lives. Right. There's so much less stress involved. Oh my and gosh. I, yeah, that's, that's great. Sounds like you're living the dream. <laughs> you know, it's interesting. There's there's a phrase that uh, that came up. I, I went to like this little mastermind group thing and I don't do a lot of that stuff, uh, but it was local to me and it was a guy that I like. And so I showed up and we were kind of sitting around this table and, and everyone was talking about like, all right, what do you want to do by the end of the year? You know, how do you feel you are in your business? And, and it was, I, I had this moment where I was like, guys, I feel like I've made it. And I don't mean that yeah. to sound like a, like a douche canoe. Like I mean that to sound like, I feel like I'm, I'm at that place. Like I can't stop. I don't have enough money in my bank account to never work again, but I feel like I'm, I'm in a really good rhythm. I'm creating good stuff. I've built a good sized audience that's not even that big in comparison to a lot of other people, but it's the right audience. It's the right yeah. people who actually, you know, they want to support me. They want to buy this stuff from me. And, and that to me is making it. You know, it's not having a yeah. million dollars in the bank. It's not having all of the fancy things that society tells us we need to have because those don't actually make you feel better. What makes you feel better is, I get out of day every I get out of bed every day and I'm excited to check my email. I'm excited to see what I'm working on, you know, and, and look at my to-do list and go, "All right, what can I tackle today? What can I build?" And that to me, like that is the dream, right? And and I think so yes. few people the the reason why I love that you brought that phrase up is because it scares a lot of people to say that. And it, it kind of, it alienates you to some degree, but I think that we shouldn't look at it that way. I think we shouldn't prop up the successful people like Mark Zuckerberg and be like, oh, that's the dream. Like, I think the dream is also whatever you want it to be and that exactly. you can manage and sustain every 
day, week, month, year. I mean, I'm all about everyone has their own unique dream life. It, there's a, a whole range it could look like. So whatever you want, that's unique to you and specific to you. Yeah. Before we go on, I'd love to tell you about our sponsor, Thrive Market. Thrive Market is an online store often described as Whole Foods products at Costco prices. All the top premium, healthy and organic products at wholesale prices shipped straight to your door. All their products are 25 to 50% below retail prices, so it's really fun to see how much you save with each purchase. My favorite thing about Thrive Market is that for each person who joins, Thrive Market donates a membership to a low-income family, veteran, or teacher. So together, we're all making healthy living more affordable and accessible. The Lavender Lifestyle listeners will get a free $60 in organic groceries from Thrive Markets, plus a 30-day free trial and free shipping on orders that are $49 or more. To snag that deal, go to thrivemarket.com slash lavender. That's thrivemarket.com slash lavender. The link is also in the show notes. All right, back to the podcast. So I'm curious, you seem like you're always working on so many projects. How do you balance your life as an entrepreneur with you and your wife? How many hours are you spending on work? Do you have some sort of personal life work balance? How does that work out? Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I, I think a lot of maybe your listeners can, can relate to this if they own their own businesses is that at a certain point, it starts to feel like you and the business are one and the same. And so it doesn't, like it hasn't felt like work to me in a long time. You know, the only time it really feels like work is when something breaks, which happens like once a month, like something breaks, I have to try and fix it. And that's the only time when I'm like, uh, I have to be on my laptop, I need to be fixing this. And mostly just because I feel bad. Like I think everyone else wouldn't care, but I feel bad. Uh, But it doesn't feel like work to me anymore. So, you know, it's interesting. My wife and I kind of say we love the weekends because on the weekends is usually when we're like sitting on our laptops, on our sofas, and we're just doing things. But it's during the week, like on a Monday at 11 a.m., we'll be like, you want to go see a movie? Like, sure, why not? Like, we don't have to be at at our desk working during those times. And Um, Yeah, we just went to Iceland for a week and I didn't open my laptop once. Um, A month ago, we went to Italy. I opened my laptop twice. The first time was to start watching Gladiator the movie. The (laughs) second time was to finish watching Gladiator the movie. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I mean, and it's, it's fantastic because I do have that luxury now where I can not have my laptop open and not have to be working, but I really enjoy it. And so the balance for me is not like, you know, I need to work certain hours of the day or certain parts of the day. Um, I do that naturally. And I think I've realized for me, you know, there's a certain amount of time in the middle of the day where I'm not very productive. You know, for me, it's like two to 4 p.m. For some reason, I'm just very distracted during that time. But, you know, I I figure out other things to do. So that's usually the time that I work out or my wife and I go for a walk. We live by the beach, which is amazing. So we'll go for a walk. And and so we we figured out these times when we're not working well or we're not having creative output. Uh, But other times it's like, you know, what am I doing every day? It's talking to people. It's helping people. It's creating stuff that I want to be creating. Why would I stop doing that? You know, Mm -hmm. to me, it's not like I feel bad about that and I'd rather go to a party or go to the bar or anything like those things aren't fun to me. And I think for a lot of people, they're not actually fun for them either, but they just feel like societal pressure to do them Mm -hmm. instead of actually working on their dream like you've been talking about. Right. Well, I'm just curious since you two both work together or on similar things is it like your conversations are always about work because i feel like my mind is always on lavender yeah and sometimes it's hard to turn it off so i'm just curious but do you feel like lavender is work 
no, I love it. Right. So but it's, just, it, it's all that I think about. Yeah. It is the same for us. I mean, truthfully, yeah. it's, and I think some people might say, oh, well, you know, that sucks. You're always thinking about those things, but it's like, I love them. So why think about other yeah. things? You know, like this is, yeah, this I is, guess so. yeah, this is us building what we want to be building. And, and sure. I mean, we, we talk about stuff all the time that isn't work related, but a lot of times it's so nice to be able to be four feet from someone who can give you a super unique perspective on a problem you're trying to solve or a thing you're working yeah. on. And that's, that's powerful. I mean, I, that's what I've realized is such a unique thing that we have that we can work together. And, and we figured that out years ago and especially going through a really down business, um, that really showed like, wow, if we can make it through that, then when we're up, like it's only gonna be that much better for both of us. So yeah, nice. I mean, we're, you know, we're not robots. We don't just talk about all the things, but I, I totally get your question. And I think it's a, a valid thing for anyone to think about if they are working with their spouse or with a significant other or just a, another partner in some way is that you do wanna make sure that you align on values. And, you know, I don't know for you how much you you think about that with the people that you've started to hire now, but that's been a big thing for me that if I don't align on values with people, and I really do mean that on like political, and it's not like I do an interview of these people, but it's like, if we are just at like a crossroads of like politics or life choices or anything else, it's going to be a bad working relationship, not because those things are going to come up, but because the rest of our lives are going to be out of alignment. So I think it's just really important that you don't have to have those conversations necessarily, but that you do understand, hey, this person kind of thinks like I do. They see the world like I do. Yeah. Great, we're gonna probably work well together. Right, okay. So last question I have to ask is, do you have advice for uh, aspiring online entrepreneurs? What do you think is the recipe for building a successful online business? Whew, this is a this is a good one. I, I think I have <laughs> yeah. like 240 articles that people can read <laughs> that all right. attribute to this. Right, but if you this. could like chunk it yeah. down into like a recipe. Yeah, no, I, you know, it's actually funny. I've been thinking about this a lot because I wrote an article a while ago based on this question and anyone can find it at jasondoesstuff.com slash start. So very easy to find. But I, I will give you the updated answer because I've been thinking about rewriting this a little bit and actually giving people a plan. Mm -hmm. The first and foremost thing is to give yourself time. So if you have an idea for whatever it is you're working on, set a goal of like, I'm gonna work on this thing for two years. And I know that that can sound scary in the internet world, but things need time to be successful, especially nowadays that it is more crowded. There is a lot more stuff out there. You do have to fight through a lot of the things that already exist. So my recipe is to start with, okay, like you're gonna have to set the timer for two years. And it doesn't have to be two years, maybe it's one year, but you establish that up front, And then from there, you kind of back out and you say, all right, now I need to do two things. I need to be authentic. So I need to be myself because that's something no one else can take away from you at all. You have your own stories, you have your own experiences, share those, be you, you know, you have your voice. And the other thing is to show up consistently. And keyword there is, well, keywords, show up and then do that consistently. And, you know, I know you know this from, from building your business, from building your YouTube channel, from building any yeah. following on social media at all. You have to keep being there and, and not just being there like, hey, guys, today I'm doing whatever. But it's like, hey, here's the thing I made that can help you do X, Y and Z. Or yeah. here's something I went through in my life. And here's how I think you could avoid going through that thing. And. And that's been really big for me. And I know a lot of people who are aspiring business owners or entrepreneurs, maybe they don't have a lot of life experiences yet to share, which I would just challenge you to then go out and get some, like start building something and then share the journey along the way. Um, start creating your first thing or start working with someone who has created something and see what you learn from those experiences and then share those with people who might want to learn from them. And, and I really think there's just something to be said for if you create something with authenticity and consistency and you have a plan with enough time for it to grow, 
it's almost a foolproof business plan. But where people really miss out is they don't stay themselves, they don't show up consistently, and then they don't give it enough time. And those are the three magic things that I think have just worked for so many successful people because there is no such thing as overnight success. There is no such thing as like the one tactic or thing that's going to make it work for you. Uh, I know there's this book out there called The One Thing and I, I downloaded it <laughs> and then I thought about it. I was like, wait, I don't want to read this because there isn't a one thing. There absolutely right. is not. It's Just a, comp a hook yeah, to get it's you to buy it. <laughs> absolutely. There's a confluence of all of these different things. And, and I just think that's the most important thing. And, and I'll go one step further because I, I'd actually be curious to hear your answer. But I, I'll say, you know, one more thing is to find people who have done what you've done and just try and soak up the knowledge that they're putting out into the world. Because I think so often people will just go to the shiny things that they'll see. But if like you want to build a business like someone else, then go all in on the things that they've created and learn from all of their experiences. And study and, them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Just like yeah. anybody would do in any like profession where you want to be like a automobile designer. Well, then you're going to want to learn from all the people who've designed cars over the years and, and see like, what, what have they done? Like, what are the things that have stood out? Like I can learn from those and then I can apply mm -hmm. my own authenticity. So I'm going to stop rambling, but I would love to know your answer to this question too, because I just think it might be interesting yeah. to hear the difference. I mean, first of all, just to go off of what you said, before I started this YouTube channel, I would spend hours like reading interviews, watching interviews of people that I admire. And I think all of that stuff is so valuable, just learning how other people did it in their journey and just learning their habits, right? So that's really helpful. But I think, I mean, I have a, I had a whole podcast called The Success Mindset where I broke mm. it down and there were like eight parts. But like in general, the things I believe for like success is you have to believe in yourself. Mm -hmm. That's number one. You gotta be, commit to it, like commit fully. And like you said, consistency is super important. And I like that you put a time to it. I, I never really said that. I said it's so important to be patient and persevere mm -hmm. no matter what. Like the way that I set off in my business is I decided to be patient and like never give up like even, you know what I mean like <laughs> yep, I, yep. my way of thinking is if you don't stop then you haven't failed yep. and yes even if you might fail in the technical sense like if you learn from it and you keep going then you know that's even better yeah there's something about like just the idea of if you're continuing to move forward, even if you fail, you're still moving forward though. You know, like exactly. you still have that momentum going forward. And I think that that's been something for me that like, I, I totally embrace when things go wrong or anything else. And there's a book that I read that was really helpful called The Obstacles of the Way by Ryan Holiday. Mm -hmm. And actually those two books I read very closely together, Body of Work by Pam Slim and Obstacles of the Way, mm -hmm. right when I Wear Your Shirt failed in 2013. And it didn't really fail. I just stopped doing it because it was no longer sustainable. Um, but that is a failure. Uh, and as I've worked out of that, you know, from the now five years or whatever, four years afterward, is that I continue to go back to that idea of the obstacles, the way when you fail, that's where you learn, that's where you grow, that's yeah. where you actually get something of value that then you can either teach other people, you can build from to move forward, or it like strengthens you as a person. And right. it just creates this like this sharpening of, of your confidence and everything else that you're not going to get any other way. It's a great mindset thing that you developed, I think, just by choice in doing that. And it's a, it's a thing that will drive other people to be successful and to get the things they want out of life if they realize like there are going to be obstacles. There's no mm -hmm. doubt about that, especially if you're getting into like any creative type of business, because creativity is hard to sell. It's hard to make money off mm -hmm. of being creative. And it just takes a lot of perseverance and consistency and showing up. And then all of a sudden, yep. you know, something lands on your doorstep and you're like, oh, I'm so lucky to get this which you don't realize and someone 
quoted this. It wasn't my quote, but it's, you know, luck is the residue of design. So you've designed all of these things. You've, you've made this entire life for yourself. You put in all this work. And what happens is that a little bit of luck happens at the end. Yes. And that's not really luck. It, it's all the things you've done ahead of time. You co-created it. Your work brought forth those opportunities. Absolutely. I mean, I believe in law of attraction and the universe and that force that brings the opportunities to you. So, yeah. Yeah. It's, totally. Yeah. And I think, I don't know, it, it's kind of like the, the I've made it thing or like, you know, people hear those phrases of like the law of attraction, like, oh, that's not for me. Right. It's like, but why exactly. not? Like, why not challenge mm -hmm. that self-limiting thing or that I think, and, and I give my wife full credit for that. Like I'll be very critical of something. And she's like, <laughs> why are you critical of that? I'm like, you know what? I don't actually know why, you know, I just, yeah. for some reason am. So I need to change the way that I think about that. And, mm -hmm. and that's, that's again, where it's good to have somebody else around you in some way, who's not just a friend or family member, but there's someone who's kind of been through this. So um, yeah, I just think it's really cool the way that you think about this as well. And, and I love that we can reference another podcast episode that you've done because mm -hmm. as a fellow podcaster I know how much value you you put into each episode or into each video that you create you need to have that have extra life because you didn't just create that for the one-time value hit there's a lot more other opportunities to promote that and reuse that which is in itself a great mm -hmm. thing for businesses don't just do something once reuse it over and over again as much as you possibly can because the world is huge there's a lot of people out there right and the internet is like time sensitive mm. if something's older than two years old like you better like talk about it again yeah well <laughs> right yeah, bring, you it know, back, bring it back out it's really funny you mentioned that so like i i know you're you're big on social media you do a lot of stuff with it so i'm actually as of recording this tomorrow um, i'm taking a break 30-day break from social media so mm -hmm. i've done this multiple times now for a couple years and I love it. I love taking this 30 day break because number one, it's uncomfortable as hell. Like I'm so used to, I quit Facebook eight months ago. So that's, that's not even a nice. pain for me anymore, which is just wonderful by the way, everybody, yeah. you should do it. But even like these little social media detoxes. Now I get people who take them for a, a weekend or a week or whatever. So I do them for 30 days and I've come up with my best ideas. I've solved so many business problems by not being distracted. But I bring this up because your two year thing, so I wrote a 30 day journal after my first social media detox. That article brings over 100,000 people to my website every year. And it nice. didn't start doing that yeah. until two years after. Like it was just all of a sudden, it was the number wow. one ranking post huh. on it. So it's funny That's that we strange. talk about patience. We talk about waiting. You talk about mm -hmm. like reusing these things. Um, all these things kind of connect together. They work together. So I will throw that out there for everybody. Do a social media detox. <laughs> it can be a weekend. It can be a oh week. Like it's worth it to delete the apps just for a couple of days because you will feel like, I'm missing a part of my life, but it's actually a good thing because it challenges all of your assumptions and your kind of addictions that you have for these things. Yeah, I should try it. I think I can do a week. More than a week, I don't know. About and that's the thing, like start yeah. start where you can, you know? Yeah. I think you don't need to, I, I didn't do the 30 days first. You know, I did like, I think yeah. it was a long weekend or something. I was like, oh, I this see. isn't that bad. And actually, I think I, I sold like a, a product or something over the weekend without it. I was like, oh, wait a second. I don't have to be on here to make money. This is great. This actually showed me another way that I could like run my business and not have to hinge on social media or use it as a crutch. It's nice to hear because you, you feel like if you don't post on social media, like you'll become relevant and people you know what I mean oh yeah so I know we're wrapping up but I had just have to give you the example of like 
the I Wear Your Shirt business, that hinged on me being on social media because it was all run yeah. through that. So when that was done, I was really scared. I was like, what am I gonna do? I have to figure out a new way to use social media, all this stuff. And I really wanted to just challenge that. I wanted to say like, these sites didn't exist 10 years ago. You know, people made businesses, even online businesses before this existed. Like, I think I can do this. And so like, if you go on my site now, jasondoesstuff.com, there's no Twitter icon, there's no Instagram, there's not, like you can't find my social media stuff through my website. And I make 98% of my revenue through my email list. And that's the most wow. important thing. Like you'll notice it if you look at my website, it's big, huge things to get on my email list because I know that I can control that platform. You know, no one changes the algorithm for the newsfeed of your email inbox, like, hap mm -hmm. like what happens on uh, Facebook or Twitter or any yeah. of these other things. And so I've just really seen over the, the course of these past couple of years, it's been amazing that I, I basically control this stuff. And social media for me is now just fun. You know, I'll throw a, a thing out there when I'm, I'm doing it, but my social media like uh, traffic percentage has gone from probably about 90% back in the IREA shirt days for how much it brought in traffic to my site to now 2%. 2% overall is social media. I It's almost nothing. Like it could go away and not do anything for me. And yeah. everything else is just like valuable content, consistently sending great emails to people every week. And I've been doing that now for right. years and it works. It's absolutely a functioning business model that works really well. And I'm in control of it, which is wonderful. Sounds like you're much happier this way. Oh as well. my gosh. Yes. Yeah. I'm glad you can hear that coming and through. And that's what's most yeah. important. I totally can feel it. Yeah. yeah. And I think if anybody has ever th had the thought of like, oh, what, what do I need to post on social media now to like get someone to look at my stuff or whatever? Like that's a, that, that that thought is like, it's toxic. I really feel it's like stressful. it is. Yeah, and it, mm -hmm. and it just makes you think like, I gotta come up with new ideas. I gotta come up with new things. And you're putting all this time into these fleeting messages that are disappearing in people's feeds because there's so much other exactly. stuff. You could put that same time and energy into building just really cool, interesting things. Uh, like I know for you, you did a journal. Like imagine mm -hmm. how many more of those you could create with the extra time and, and even I like know. more unique or, or more interesting things. And not to say that it's not interesting. I'm just saying that time that yeah. gets freed up is, is really valuable and it's all we have is the amount that we you know kind of is set out for us so to, to free up a lot of attention from social media I've just seen it work many times over uh, mm -hmm. to bring a lot of value to me that's really really great insight I, I loved hearing that because I want to like step back from posting so much too I, I see myself right now I'm in like the hustle stage of my business like mm -hmm. I gotta like grow it but eventually I want to get to a point where kind of like you I have time like yeah. just not posting so much but creating products that will sustain myself and you know what's interesting about that so I, I do I believe in like the hustle mode on and off I believe in the mm -hmm. consumption mode on and off as we talked about earlier of like consuming the content of somebody to really learn from them but then you have to turn that off so that exactly. you can start producing but I yeah. think there's there's something really interesting about just the little phrase of like distance makes the heart grow fonder I think it relates to social media as well like I really do if you took a break I think your audience would be like I miss Eileen. Like I, I miss mm. seeing her all the time, and it, it makes them crave your stuff a little bit more. So that when you do come back, maybe they're more engaged, maybe they're more interested. And these little breaks, they also give you the recharge to like have that creative energy kind of build back up. And so that you can be in hustle mode at times, but then you can also kind of turn it off and have a break. And I fully yeah. believe that that's really important. It, it's absolutely doable. Um, and I love that you brought it up as a thing. And I, I would, I would be really 
open to having you do the detox. And I would love to hear mm -hmm. what it felt like for you, whether it was a weekend or a week. Because yeah. um, I'd be really curious to read that from you, just because I know that you mm -hmm. do a lot of this stuff. So um, it'd be really fun to, to kind of hear about your experience with that. Cool. Well, thank you so much, Jason, for this interview. It was great. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for having me. Everyone out there, make sure you check out Jason. He has a lot of things going on, but you can check out his website, jasondoesstuff.com. I'll post all the links to everything we mentioned in the show notes below. All right, that's it for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening to The Lavender Lifestyle. If you like the podcast, please show your support by leaving a review on iTunes. It helps me so much and also helps other people find the show. You can also catch me on YouTube and Instagram at Lavender, where I have even more content for the artist of life. All right, love you all. Bye. Bye.